0: Honest conversations with interesting people. Hi, I'm Mike from the Genuine Chit Chat Podcast, and I talk to a wide variety of guests across an eclectic range of interesting topics. People I've spoken to include a magister from the Church of Satan, a blind Australian filmmaker, a puppeteer from Labyrinth and Dark Crystal. And I also speak to musicians of all kinds of genres, authors, actors, podcasters. Really, there is no limit to who I speak to, and the subject matter is endless. So if you believe in the art of conversation and want to hear different people talking about their passions, then this is the perfect show for you. You can find Genuine chitcha anywhere you listen to podcasts, and there's some video versions on YouTube, so there's no reason not to tune in. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Come on, Bob. For old times, huh?
1: Harley Quinn. Nice to meet ya.
0: <laughs> Pardon
1: my French.
2: Fuck those fuckers.
0: This my favorite Marvel character ever, but you should never meet your heroes because honestly, he's a bit of a dick.
2: Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Captain. I am inevitable. Hulk. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Comics in Motion podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chris Phelps, and my co host and
1: very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks. Hey there, Chris, and hello to all listeners out there. Welcome to Comics in Motion TV and Movie Reviews for shows that are based on comic books. Myself, I'll be reviewing from the perspective of a long-time comic book reader. And I'll be reviewing from the TV and movie perspective. And what we also like to do is we also like to spoil the hell out of everything. And so if you haven't watched our choice of the week, then we'd advise you to proceed with caution. And remember, Chris, with an average podcast comes no responsibility. Now, Chris, got a little bit of a different episode this week, haven't we? We have, Dave. We will be reviewing a movie, and it's the
2: trilogy ending of a great set of movies, but it won't be ourselves who will be taking the reins, majorly, will it?
1: It certainly won't be. So, doing something a little bit different, and we're actually going to listen to one of Mike Burton's Patreon episodes. So, Mike Burton, you might have heard him on Star Wars Comics in Canon, but as part of his genuine chit chat podcast he has a patreon for that as well and what they do is they do afterthoughts and one of those movies that they did is spider-man 3 and just thought it'd be great to kind of get them in here and obviously promote mike's patreon as well because they don't do uh reviews in exactly the same way it's, it's it is that kind of afterthoughts um more concise slightly shorter episodes but i I have to say, Chris, I've listened to them and, uh, you know, they are a lot of fun. They are, to be fair. I I know Mike
2: is just such a good guy. Megan is. I've done a couple of shows now with Mike and Megan. A really, really great couple. They bounce off each other really well. I think everyone's going to be in for a treat. They're just such good people. And look, at the end of the day, Dave, it's good sometimes to get someone else's perspective on the movies and TV stuff. And obviously Mike is the host of Star Wars Comics in Canon. You know, he does genuine chit-chat. He's part of the Comics in Motion family as well, him and Megan. So it it just makes sense. There's no point tripping over ourselves doing this. Just to have them do it and have their different perspective is brilliant.
1: Yeah, so what we're going to do is we're going to play through Mike and Megan's episode. We'll hear what they have to say, and then we'll be back at the end to give our thoughts on uh, Spider-Man 3. Now, before we get into listening to Mike and Megan, I think what we should do is we should get into the trailer. Let's go. I'm going to ask MJ to marry me. A man has to put his wife before himself. Can you do that, Peter? Yeah, I
2: think I can.
0: We have some new information. This is your uncle's actual killer. We lost his trail two days ago.
2: This man killed my uncle, and he's still out there.
0: Everybody needs help sometimes, Peter. Even Spider-Man. revenge is like a poison that can take us over and before you know it, it can turn you into something ugly <gasps> the suit where'd this
2: come from the power feels good
1: but you'll lose yourself to
0: it whoa spidey love the new outfit Remember Ben Parker? What does it matter to you anyway? Everything!
1: Do you want to push me away? Why would I want to push you away? I love you. You knew this was coming, Pete. I didn't kill your father! each other but we have to forgive each other or everything we ever were will mean nothing
2: i need your help i have to stop it
0: this could be the end of spider-man
1: Now, Chris, we know that Spider-Man 3 is a massively divisive movie, uh, lots of different opinions. I can't wait to hear what Mike and Megan have to say. So let's listen to Mike and Megan's Afterthoughts.
0: and so we're here once again for another afterthought and this is megan's new favorite oh, film oh, and this is spider-man 3 oh my with, god it was so shit with toby Maguire,
3: and yeah it is a very polarizing film i say okay so up until like the first half basically pre him like wearing the suit like the the Studio. black spider-man suit mm-hmm. for a while it's okay Mm. And then and then it just goes downhill and just go, it plummets downhill. <laughs> Did you prefer Spider Man two then? Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, they're all alright. I haven't really enjoyed any of them. <laughs> I think in, that makes it sound like you actually not enjoyed. I haven't. I, I, I haven't, haven't even disliked all of them. I just haven't. Like, I wouldn't ever watch them again. I have no intention of ever watching any of these movies again, especially the one that we watched today. Mm. Spider Man three was. I'm sorry, it was crap. It, like, there's so many shit bits in this film, and there's so many things that I'm just questioning, like, I don't understand, like, I just don't, I just don't get it. And everyone's, everyone's situation, every, everyone, their, their, like, answer to resolving conflict is, well, I'm going to murder that guy. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry, but um, the, oh, what's his name, the junior? Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock. His reaction to getting fired from the bugle and losing like a girl that he's been on one date with is that he wants to murder Peter Parker. Well, he, yeah, he goes to he goes to he goes church. he goes to church and, and to prays church. to God for Peter Parker to die. And I'm just like, that is so extreme. Like, I'm sorry that you lost your job, and I'm sorry that you're not going out with this pretty girl anymore. But Jesus Christ, get a hold of yourself, like. Uh, is is that that guy does he just play like whiny little bitches and everything because he's a whiny little bitch in that 70s show as well Eric isn't he yeah
0: yeah uh, Topher Grace his name is Um, yeah the the thing is I think when we recorded Spider-Man the the Spider-Man 2 afterthought I remember saying like i think spider-man 3 was my favorite yeah. and now that i've watched it it is not no. <laughs> um i so cruel. the thing is the thing is with this film is that i haven't watched it for i mean it was out 2007 i think and obviously we're in 2021 at the moment so it's 14 years ago and i haven't watched this film since i think around the time of the amazing spider-man coming out um so i haven't watched this for over five years and probably longer than that, because since the Avengers films have been out, I I probably haven't watched this film very recently, maybe in the last 10 years. And the thing is with it is that I remember... I remember the cringy bits but then I remember the good bits more and then on the watch I was like okay no there are certain parts so it's like so from the start the first half of the movie I think is actually the strongest of all the Spider-Man films the first half I think it's funny in the right places it's the action's really cool I I really like how they do basically everything you know and once the the symbiote suit gets involved I like I like Peter Parker's Spider-Man having a symbiote suit and him being a bit more brutal and stuff but the scene where he's walking down the street and it's got that music playing... Oh my god, it's It's, a very, it's the awful. most infamous scene in the whole trilogy. And it's him, you know, finger guns at woman and like...
3: Well, he goes into a suit shop and comes out with a brand new suit and feels like that's the appropriate time to dance in the middle of the street in front of a doorway doing this weird little pelvic thrust, doing finger yeah. guns at passersby. And it's just like... No no one acts no one acts like that.
0: No, like, it is so over the top. It doesn't make any sense. It is I remember the scene being cringy and weird, but it just went on for ages, and it doesn't add anything, and it just makes you hate the film. It
3: makes me think of Saturday Night Fever. Hmm. The way that he's like strutting down the street makes me think of John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever, but like it works in Saturday Night Fever because that's like well, that's the, the film, it's the, it's the, not that's, the, film. that's <laughs> the genre of the movie. But like, I have so many issues with this film, and uh, like, m- one of my main things is that Peter Parker, like, with or without this sim, what's it called? Symbiote. Symbiote suit is a dickhead. He is just an arsehole. Like, he's very he, he treats, he's cocky at the beginning and he gets really, really cocky, and he just treats MJ like crap. Mm. Like, and then I remember like, during the film, I said to Mike, cause, like if they end up getting together at the end, I'm going to be really annoyed because he has treated her like absolute crap. Mm hmm. Like, he even punches her in the face, like, by accident. But it's just, like, come on. Like, MJ, like, have some goddamn respect for yourself. Well, the thing is,
0: him taking Gwen Stacy, specifically, like, obviously, when MJ... (laughs) 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 Yeah,
3: like, even Gwen Stacy's like, I am so sorry to MJ. Because she's like, oh, shit, like, I didn't realise that that's what he was planning on doing. I thought we were just coming here for, like, a nice evening out. But actually, he's just using me as, like, a horrible, malicious, like, here you go. A yeah.
0: the thing is with i think what this film got wrong is what they should have leaned on more is him being overly aggressive not him being this weird douchebag like yeah what that should have happened in my view is he should have put on the symbiote suit and stuff and then he should have i think there should be someone who's maybe a murderer or someone who's like um obviously because they kind of toy with a little bit of sandman but they were going to be like they were going to try and like have a, some sort of maybe guy who's going to murder someone. And I feel like what they should have done is had Spider-Man punch him and hit him way too many times and way too hard and inadvertently, like, killed him or put yeah, him in the hospital. And then him go, I've oh, got, and like him being overly violent. Because when you're caught up in the moment in a fight, I understand that because Spider-Man pulls almost all his punches. Same as Captain America, same as Superman. Because if any of them punch you as hard as they can, they can kill you because they're so much stronger. And I feel like they should have leaned more on the Spider-Man being aggressive and him being annoyed about Flint Marcos And, and not uh,
3: caring as much about, like, morality, because obviously Spider-Man doesn't kill people.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think he should have been a bit more brutal with it. And it's kind of like, you know, when you see... Because we've been watching Daredevil recently, you know, he beats people to a pulp. And it is pretty horrendous, but, like, Spider-Man... The problem with Spider-Man 3 is that I know the symbiote is meant to change him and make him more aggressive, but it goes too far in the wrong directions. I, that's the problem.
3: Yeah, and also the problem with this film is, as well, is that throughout the film there are three different villains.
0: Yeah, that's so a So there's, big there's thing.
3: three different yeah. villains, and there's no substance to any of them. Like, there's this weird Sandman guy that doesn't make any sense because sometimes you can punch him and it, it it's fine and you punch him, but sometimes you punch him and then sand disintegrates from his face Mm -hmm. and it just doesn't make any sense and then actually he's just he's just confused and misunderstood and uh, like it's basically
0: Breaking Bad in a very nutshell and it's like (laughs) he's got a sick daughter and he can't afford the medical bills for her
3: so he he becomes a a criminal yeah yeah and it's like but the thing is is that like so you've got you've got Green Goblin so you've got James Franco who is a villain and then he Gets, I, I like, then he gets amnesia. I like
0: that storyline. I actually think it does add a lot. I, I like all of the Franco bits. I think that well, I all of them.
3: I like, or even that bit where they uh, make an omelette and he tries to flip an omelette when it's clearly not ready. Yeah, but that's fun. That that's him being silly and yeah, fun. Yeah, but you know, I just flirty. don't like James Franco. I know you hate James Franco. I do. In, in hate everything,
0: James Franco, <laughs> which doesn't help this trilogy in your eyes because you do just hate him.
3: So no, I, the James Franco storyline I don't really have as much of a problem with, but my. My main issue is that he is a villain at the beginning. Yeah. And then it just kind of falls flat, and then he becomes a villain again because he starts to remember, and then his dead dad starts talking to him, like, <laughs> fucking, like... Uh, that whole stuff um, No, it's not hypothetically. When you envisage something, when you imagine something... Uh, what's it called? It begins with an H. Um, you Hallucinating his dad, and, like, his dad's like, you must avenge me! <laughs> and then you've got this weird sandman who doesn't really have any substance to his character. All the film. If you took Sandman I mean, out of the film, it literally would make no difference to the movie. No. And then you've got like Venom, who doesn't actually ever get called Venom. You, I just know because you've spoken about Venom before and you've shown me like comic books with his face on. So when I start when I saw the 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 weird little gloop and it started going on to Spider-Man's outfit, I was like, "Well, okay, well, I I mean, I said to you in the film, yeah. didn't I? I thought this was worth Venom." But like that's also just so crap, because he's in it for, like, 20 minutes, max. If that, yeah. And then, like the reason for him becoming Venom is so shit, because he's just angry at the fact that he's lost his job. Mm. When he... And the thing is... That when he, it's his fault. It's his own fault. He, yeah, because, like, Spider-Man... Sma- like, he takes a
0: photo of Spider-Man in the black suit, and then Spider-Man smashes the camera.
3: Which, yeah. Which is a
0: dick move, because those cameras cost a lot of money. Yeah, uh, but then... But that doesn't make it He
3: makes it. a fake photo, and then goes to the paper with this fake picture, becomes really cocky about it, and gets the staff job. And then Peter Parker outs him and says yo, this is a copy, this isn't real, and then he's all pissy about it. It's like, well, you shouldn't have fucking done it in the first place then, did you? That that is the problem. It's your own fault.
0: (laughs) That that is the problem. You don't have any real sympathy for him, because it's like, well, you doctored a picture and submitted it to a paper. That is horrendously illegal and completely amoral. And it's like, even if you were in the right before, you doing that makes you in the wrong. And I like the scene where spider ripping the, the suit off and it falls on Brock. But the problem is, is that... The way, Bro- the way they kind of kill off Venom, it is so quick and quite cheap. And the fact that Eddie Brock dives back into the symbiote. Oh, with yeah. The, you're just like, there's no need for that. They should just had Brock like, try and dive into it maybe. Spider-Man stop him. And then Brock is just there like a crying mess. And Spider's like, look, you didn't need that sort of thing. And then maybe he's like, I hate you Spider-Man I'll vow to get you back or something and then leaves and if that happened that would be okay but I don't know anyone who would be if he'd been attached to Venom for like let's say he'd been attached for like five years maybe I can understand but it's literally like an afternoon <laughs> how could you be that low if hey, you to I, die I
3: push it's like two days max isn't it
0: yeah if that but it's one. Of, I think the whole film only takes place. Because in like then a he, days.
3: <laughs> It doesn't, Mike. Why do you they, keep saying? No, because in in the film they
0: do actually say they Because you remember Mary Jane? He says, oh, "I'm sorry, what I did for you last night." When he has a go at her last night, so he's literally.
3: Yeah, but there's so much that happens in between them. Yeah, I'm talking about Venom.
0: When he says, like, "I'm sorry, I acted last night," which was when he had the the suit on. That's when he took Gwen Stacy to the bar. Then straight after that, he goes to. No, the it ch- isn't. You
3: know, when he says, "I'm sorry about last night," that's. Uh,
0: What I'm saying is that he goes with Gwen Stacy to the bar, he pushes Mary Jane over or hits her by accident and stuff, then he goes to the clock tower, he rips all his stuff off, and then the next day he calls Mary Jane and speaks to her and says...
3: No. That that is what happened. No, it isn't. When he says, I'm sorry about last night, it's when he finds out that it wasn't that other guy that murdered his uncle, it's somebody else, and Aunt May phoned her and she went to console him and he basically told her to go away. That's when he phones her and says, "Oh, I'm sorry about last night."
0: I think he apologizes to her more than once though.
3: He quite possibly could, but the thing that you're referencing isn't that he punched her in the face and was all dressed up in this outfit. It's because she went to say she went to help him because and console him because he just found out that the actual murderer wasn't there or like the actual murderer hadn't like had gotten away mm. and he basically told her to go away. That's why he apologized to her and phoned her.
0: Yeah, but I'm pretty certain that after the whole Gwen Stacy... Because doesn't he, he go... Do you he remember? doesn't see her. Yeah, he does because he goes to the bridge because Harry makes her break up with him, doesn't he? Yeah, but that happens After before. the Gwen Stacy
3: thing. No, it doesn't! Why would he go to the bar with another woman that's before good. she's broken up with yeah, him? That's a very good
0: point, hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. No, that's, that's completely right. You know, we just watched the film and I've seen it before. That is terrible, my part. Yeah. No,
3: yeah. No, that doesn't happen. no.
0: So maybe the film only happens over like a week or so, but it's it's not very long.
3: It definitely doesn't happen over the course of two days. I,
0: I misremembered that part. I hundred percent put my hands up and say, yeah, I've I completely screwed that part up. Um, <laughs> But yeah, with, like, Sandman as a villain as well is like.
3: He just floats off into the distance at the end. He's like, Oh, I don't, I don't know if you can ever forgive me, but I under, like, I understand, like, I did things that were bad and I'm sorry about that, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Oh, Spider Man's like, Yeah, I forgive you. And then he's like, Yeah, all right, cheers. And then he just <laughs> floats off into the distance as this weird little dust.
0: Because how, the thing is, with Sandman is that. Sandman as a villain is strong enough that could be his own film because it's such a hard villain to beat. But the thing is, is that. The, the, this film does suffer from having three villains and really all it should have had is Green Goblin and Venom and what they should have done is had Venom... I, f- I feel like the Spider-Man suit thing should have happened earlier and then and then, if Spider-Man had acted like a dick like he had done to Mary Jane at the start, kiss Gwen Stacy at the... Um, oh, that really at, pissed me off. ...at the uh, award ceremony and all that sort of other stuff. If he'd have done all of those things while under the symbiote suit, if, it, if the film started with him getting the symbiote suit, which obviously when him and Mary Jane are at the... And that giant web thing that's right near the start and then the symbiote attaches to his bike and then you just don't see it for about an hour
3: yeah he only yeah the symbiote appears when he finds out that somebody else killed his uncle
0: Yeah. yeah and obviously in the comics and things the symbiote does attach to people who are uh, feeling strong negative emotions so that does kind of make sense in that regard but in the film it's just like if they'd have introduced the symbiote earlier he'd have been a dick earlier it would have made him more redeemable because then it would have meant he was only really a dick with the symbiote mm-hmm. if, he, if he then the Gwen Stacy stuff is pretty, pretty unforgivable that's just a horrendous thing to do to someone but oh, like, it's awful it's just such a malicious awful thing it's like what does he think as, of soon, he?
3: as soon as they went into the bar I remember being like he's going to do something dicky isn't he <laughs> yeah. and you were like Hmm. <laughs> and then then he starts playing the piano and doing this weird dance and, like... he's diving over the bar. Diving over the bar and just interrupting MJ's song. Just like, oh, you're so insufferable. You are the worst person in the world.
0: Yeah, it it doesn't make you want to sympathise with Spider-Man. It just kind of loses a lot of the credibility of Spider-Man as a character. And although I think... I generally enjoy this film but this watch has made me seriously like it a lot less because as I get older the cringy bits are just so much worse and they do drag and there's so many questions like the big one is which you flagged up which I, I kind of have an answer for which is why did Harry and uh, Norman Osborn's butler guy like cheap Alfred oh yeah why, why on earth does he wait so long to tell Harry that, that his dad, dad killed himself because I think I looked well, online not,
3: not literally killed himself but he died because of his own doing yeah exactly
0: and I I looked online it seems to be Spider-Man 1 and 2 are about one to two years apart and then Spider-Man 2 and 3 are between like a couple months and a year apart generally it's kind of hard to exactly tell Um but it's like my the way I kind of la- make it the kind of rationalise it is that he was like well if he's angry at Spider-Man rather than knowing that his dad essentially killed himself in a vengeful way Then it doesn't taint the legacy and memory of Norman. But then Norman was an asshole to him the whole time. This is
3: the thing, right? This is what I don't understand. Like, it gets to the point where James Franco is like, my dad loved me. Like, my dad was proud of me. And Peter Parker's like, no, mate, your dad hated you. Like, your dad didn't like you. He actually despised you. But you can see that that? in the first film because he's like fapping all over Peter Parker coming home and he's basically saying to, to what is, his, what is Harry. James Harry <laughs> he's saying to Harry he's like oh basically why aren't you more like Peter Parker yeah and it's just like I don't understand where your delusion comes from Harry because your dad did not like you yeah and the thing he is he did not love you
0: no it, it's one of those things as well where they don't really touch upon it enough which is Norman Osborn had like a psychological problem And also, when he took this serum stuff, it made him way, way, way worse, which is why he kind of went mental in the first film. And the thing is that Harry... Doesn't do the serum stuff until it's either right at the very end of Spider Man Two or it's right at the start of Spider Man Three. I don't
3: recall and him doing it at all.
0: Well, so. he, he right in the start of um, I know at the start of this film you soon you see him walk out of that chamber with loads of smoke because he's to- do you remember he's in his underwear and I and I was like oh at least yeah he's, not he's naked. in
3: he's in that really tight yeah
0: the really tight pants but that's him that's the serum stuff because that's the same room that Norman right, used okay. but. I think at the end of Spider-Man 2 is when he discovers the room and stuff, but it
3: is like... Yeah, he is, because he throws something at the mirror.
0: Yeah, and they don't explain it enough being like, if they'd have hit home more so that Norman had some serious mental illness or something, and this serum made it worse, and that Harry had the same thing, and that made it worse. Because in in the, I think in the comics and stuff like that, it, it details that sort of thing a little bit more... Like, I know in the, in the Spider-Man PS4 game, the whole thing is that Norman is trying to create this serum to cure all this, like, uh, degenerative, this sort of genetic disease that kills people. And I think it kills Harry's mum. And it turns out Harry's got the same thing. Right. So Harry is like basically dying. He's like terminal. And so. Uh, um, Norman Osborn develops this serum to try and save Harry and he tests it on himself when it loses funding and then that's what makes him go mental and become the Green Goblin. And it's like, if they explain
3: that more it would bring so much more depth to all the characters. Yeah, they could have spent more time in, in this film, like, kind of showing Harry as the Green Goblin and delving more into that villain and having that arc where he becomes good at the end yeah. rather than spending any focus on this stupid sandman they could have just left it at like uncle Uncle ben's dead like that happened two films ago hmm. they could have just left it i don't know why they keep feeling the need to bring him back into it aside from the fact that it's like uncle ben would forgive that's literally that's that's basically the only reason that they started bringing they kept bringing him back is so that like peter parker will forgive people <laughs>
0: yeah it, this is after watching all three of these in quite a quick succession this is definitely the weakest one. Oh by far and I think they get weaker as they go along I think I think the second one's a bit weak as well because the second one some of the Doc hawk fighting stuff is alright and I really like the train bit but the problem is is that Doc Ogg isn't even really a villain for the f- for majority None of the
3: film. None of them are villains. Why, why is it with this, like, series of films where the villains aren't actually that villainous?
0: That's what Callum said, funnily enough. Callum said the thing he hates most about this film is Sandman is that they try to make you so sympathetic towards Sandman, it just takes everything away. And it's they they like... try
3: to make you sympathetic towards all the characters apart from Venom. Like, yeah. all of the villains, you have some sort of, like they have remorse so you have Mm. that connection with them where you're like oh they're not actually that bad they're just misunderstood but like a villain is meant to be a villain yeah like it's different if james franco's character was an absolute like villain at the beginning and Mm. then he had that arc where he becomes better and they realize that they have to fight together to defeat somebody else fine whatever but like there's just so many unnecessary people that Spider-Man has to go against but none of them are actually that bad and the only one that is really bad is literally in it for like 20 minutes
0: yeah that's that is the thing and it's it's one of those things as well where Venom is one of the most beloved Spider-Man characters, and I I love Venom not not just from this, but from I used to play the Spider-Man games on PlayStation One and a lot of other like random content that I've seen of Venom. And Venom is such an interesting, deep character. And the thing is, in the comics, what they do because I've been reading, um, I read the Maximum Carnage uh, Spider-Man run from '93, I think it is. It's like a fourteen-part series, and it's about Carnage. And Carnage is also a symbiote, but it's kind of like the in air quotes, the son of Venom, because the symbiotes, after a certain period of time, they just kind of bits of it split off and it makes another one. And that's where Carnage comes from in that way but in the new Venom film it all, <laughs> it changes it again but the thing is is that in the comics what it is, is Venom is actually not a bad guy what it is, is Venom is basically morally neutral but he hates people taking advantage of the innocent but what happens is is that Spider-Man gets the black suit um, then Spider-Man rips the suit off and then the symbiote itself is hates Spider-Man because of uh, how he thought you know, the, the suit got like attached to Spider-Man and mm. was so powerful because of Spider-Man and all these sorts of other things obviously going around beating people up you know that's what the suit kind of wants and feeds off of and then the suit itself attaches to Eddie Brock because Eddie Brock for one reason or another in the comics hates Spider-Man and then Venom becomes a thing where Venom wants to kill Spider-Man because he views Spider-Man as ruining his life but he's not he, he doesn't harm innocents. That's the whole thing of Venom. He, he actually saves innocent people. So he becomes an anti-hero where he kills criminals. He'll go to like an alleyway and if someone's trying to rape a woman, he will kill the, the person. Yeah. And that's why him and Spider-Man always butt heads because Spider-Man's always like, you can't kill people. And Venom will then try and kill Spider-Man. So that dynamic works so well and it makes such an interesting dynamic between them. And they do it so well in the comics and the, and the games and things. And then in this, it's just like, oh, this guy's kind of a dick. He becomes Venom. Venom then is just an arsehole, tries to kind of use uh, Mary Jane as bait, and, what, and then also, dies. Why is she the
3: only one that ever gets taken for bait? Like,
0: why is no one? Well, Aunt May gets taken in the second oh one,
3: and hair. then she yeah. smacks
0: Doc Ock with an umbrella.
3: <laughs> yeah, because she's a badass.
0: <laughs> yeah, she is. But yeah, th- this is is definitely the, the weakest of, of the three Spider-Man films. And now that I've rewatched them all as more of an adult, especially after seeing the Tom Holland Spider-Man, it's just like, oof, they are they're really rough around the edges, unfortunately, but.
3: Well, yeah, and can I and I said this to you earlier, but Zendaya's version of MJ would not put up with this crap from no. Peter Parker. Oh no, definitely not. Like she would back slap that boy. Like Yeah.
0: No, I agree completely. It is one of those she's things. She's such
3: a pushover. She's such a She's also such a boring character. She's such character. a boring, bland sap of a character, and it just I mean, <laughs> obviously this film is slightly older, so it's still in like the the realm of like women being like
0: damsels in distress damsels
3: in distress it's one of and the first superhero
0: films of recent times
3: it's just it's just so unrealistic like you wouldn't put
0: up with that crap no when you know someone is capable of that it's, it's like if I became if I become, had a drinking problem and I became an alcoholic and then I smack you that doesn't because I was an alcoholic, that doesn't then n- immediately undo the fact that I smacked you. I'm not saying people are... I'm not saying if people do these horrible things, they're unforgivable. Obviously, some people's relationships are much more complicated than that. But it is just a so thing. With, film, it
3: is after it, one after another, after another. After in this another. whole film,
0: he doesn't treat her good at all. No, he He's, treats her like crap. Yeah, the only nice thing he does is he wants to propose to her the whole time, and he takes to that fancy restaurant, but... It's like when they sit down at that restaurant. Like, he does actually talk about himself constantly.
3: The, yeah, he doesn't. He says that she looks nice. They sit down. And then he's... And she's like, I don't feel great. And he's like, yeah, I get it. Like, people were yelling my name. Yeah, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God.
0: Like, Not the right time. Yes, shut up. The, the kiss thing as well. I remember watching that when I was a kid. And I was like, I don't know why that's a bother. And now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, no, that would... Like, oh, round. Well, he around, kisses... Um, Gwen Stacy...
3: No. It's just so inappropriate. It's just, why would you do that? Especially when you know MJ is watching. But also, she could just rip that mask right off of your face. I know, yeah, that's Like, the thing. she could literally just yank it off and then everyone would see who you are. Like, why would you... I know that he knows her from, from uni, hmm. but, like... She could just, she could just pull that mask off of his face, and then literally everyone would have seen.
0: Yeah, the funny thing is, I realise about this film is the best part of it is the first sort of act, and the first act there aren't any villains in it because you remember I was saying to you, well, you know, that whole crane thing happens and it smashes the building when Quincy. <laughs> that is probably the best part of the film, and yet there's no super, there's no villain in it. The crane just malfunctions, and Spider-Man saves the day. And it's like when you well, have, it, when you have a film and that's the best part it, with three villains, and it does also
3: become... why just because he saved the like, commissioner's daughter, why do they throw him a massive parade, like, in previous film, Like, I mean, in the previous film, he saved a whole trainload of people. Where was his parade then? Mm. Why why is he getting a parade, literally, just for one person? Because of him
0: and him sorting out Doc Ock. Doc Ock tries to make this miniature sun. And, like, if Doc Ock had actually done that properly, he could have not only destroyed... He would have destroyed half of New York. He could have destroyed New York. If it got out, he could have destroyed the whole world. Like, you know, if you make a, a miniature sun if that got too big and came out of control and kept getting bigger it would just destroy the whole earth and you're just thinking you know Green Goblin I don't think and I seem to recall he just goes after Spider-Man in the first room so it's not as much of a big deal but Spider-Man does do heroic stuff in that as well he does like he saves oh he saves people when um Green Goblin attacks that parade thing and there's loads of those balloons and things and it's like don't remember. He, he, well, he, he basically saves Mary Jane again, and he does do that sort of stuff. But it's like, yeah, why is it he saves what well, the commissioner's daughter, and then he gets the key to the city? It's like, what? really.
3: <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it's baffling.
0: Yeah, the, 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 it's so annoying because the first two films are, I think, I- excluding if if they were the only Spider Man films, they'd be brilliant. But then because of the new Spider Man films, I think have improved on them quite a lot. They weaken these Spider Man films, and then yeah, the third one is it is such a misstep mm. there are just so many parts where you're just thinking when people watch that bit with with Peter Parker walking down the street and doing the dark you just think no one said to Sam Raimi hey this doesn't make Peter Parker look like the dick you want him to it just makes the whole scene feel jarring and unnatural yeah, and it there, doesn't
3: fit yeah there was one bit that did make me laugh but I can't remember what it was now oh it was the, the Harry
0: Osborn bit when they're fighting when Harry Osborn the new goblin is chasing Spider-Man right near the start yeah and then um he pulls that web doesn't he makes the like the the rope and Harry Osborn
3: flops straight <laughs> oh, into it yeah. and he spins like smacks his head he trips him up with the spider web and he falls onto the ground and hurts himself and then he has to get taken into hospital yeah. that bit made me laugh yeah, that was... that's the only <laughs> bit in this movie that made me like actually laugh out loud yeah I mean it's not a comedy
0: film so that part isn't necessarily funny <laughs> you're just watching James Franco get like near mortally wounded Um but like he should have basically died from that but obviously because of the green goblin serum he doesn't but Mary Jane's like oh you healed from that really quick but it's like and then Why she do you explain him? that more? Uh, my last thought on this will be as well is that you can make villains, both villainous and likable. And the best example is like Thanos or Loki. Thanos and Loki are both such excellent villains because...
3: Th- Loki's a bit of a weird one though, because he is a villain, but he also does do like good redeemable things
0: in a way I mean he is the big baddie in Avengers 1 yeah I know it doesn't it doesn't like it's one of those weird things where I like Loki as a character but the thing is is that he does try and enslave the whole of humanity in Avengers 1 and is
3: responsible for the deaths of hundreds of people yeah thousands but even like this is a different franchise but Voldemort like yeah He's he's a horrible character, oh, but yeah. I, I like the character of Voldemort. Yeah. Whereas I don't enjoy any of these villains in this film. I think they're all incredibly bland.
0: Mm, yeah. Like,
3: they don't have any substance to them. That is the problem. Like, there's,
0: there's too many villains and they're spread too thin. There's not enough depth. But the thing is, is obviously, at those times, superhero movies were, you know, that there, there wasn't enough depth to them. I think as cinema has grown, as what the MCU has been doing a lot, is that... For the most part, the villains they're adding a lot more weight to them. Mm. I mean, to be fair, there are films like Ant Man, which I love Ant Man, but the villain in that is just crap. It's it's he's called the Wasp. And he's just that guy who's he was like Hank Pym's uh like he was like his apprentice. I literally and stuff. have
3: no recollection of that film. Really? I don't remember it at all. You make me so sad because Paul Rudd <laughs> is bae. I love Paul Rudd, but I just don't remember. Well, it. He he's
0: the one who he has that mini he's he also has the miniature suit and he shoots out laser beams, it's yellow, he calls it the yellow jacket.
3: I know who Pym is. Yeah, Pym is the... He's the scientist. Yeah,
0: but it's in the first film, the whole... I'm not going to go into the plot of Ant-Man here. But the, there's a lot of villains in the MCU films which are just in it and then die. Like Thor 2, there's one as well. Whereas Thor 3, Ragnarok, obviously, the villain in that is really good.
3: Yeah.
0: Hella. Like, she's a good villain. Because, you, you know, K. Um, Blanchett.
3: As if you think I'm not going to know who... Or, what film were you talking about? Thor Ragnarok. The villain in Thor Ragnarok.
0: Yeah, the woman. The sister of Thor and Loki. Oh yeah When Odin dies And then she comes into it Yeah like, yeah yeah She is an ultimate That's the Ragnarok
3: Yeah Hmm
0: well, yeah the you know, so
3: main bits about Thor Ragnarok that I remember is cool. it, it, Korg and, Korg and Meek and then yeah Thor fighting Hulk Hulk yeah anyway
0: yeah okay well we've gone on about Spider-Man 3 quite a lot this is I think the longest afterthoughts we've done so far
3: it is like the, the length of a normal fucking podcast not
0: quite most of my podcasts minimum about 45 yeah, minutes yeah but because so. you're chatty yeah I know okay final thoughts then
3: what is the square attempt? Uh I've been thinking about this and I think it's either a four or four and a half it's really long for me what would you rather watch this or how to lose a guy in 10 days I would rather watch how to lose a guy in 10 days what would you rather watch Uh, I don't know because my problem with this movie is that the first part of it is fine I can deal with it it just then just gets
0: so bad yeah it's almost like it's almost this film is almost like Phantom Menace in a way but like the opposite way around because
3: I would 100% ja- watch Phantom Menace no
0: I know but like Jar Jar in it is really the, it's almost like Jar Jar in Phantom Menace is just annoying constantly and he keeps popping up and bringing you out of the film whereas and in this film it's kind of like from the halfway point there's just every 15 minutes or so there's just something that's really annoying it's that not comes
3: even up. every 15 minutes no, but so frequently
0: yeah. uh, you give it a 4 though
3: Four, four and a half, yeah. Okay.
0: I'd probably give it... Probably a four, me. I, I think I'd give it a five, maybe a six. Wow. The thing is, I think the first half is genuinely brilliant. And I love the Harry Osborn stuff. I think the CGI looks good. I think a lot of it is good. I, but the problem is, there are just so many questions that don't get answered. The and Venom is, is terrible.
3: The thing is, though, is even with the Harry Osborn stuff, like, at the beginning of the film, it's still so unnecessarily, like, aggressive. Like, I understand that your dad has passed away, okay? I understand that you wanted to kill Spider-Man because of this, okay, cool. But you find out that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, and you know that Peter Parker is your best friend, and you know what his character is like. Mm. I don't understand why everyone's first thought is, right, I need to kill that person now. Yeah. It just seems so extreme. (laughs) Yeah. So even when he starts going after him, I'm like, right, why haven't you, like, sat down and spoken to him? Yeah. Like just have a sit down, have an ad- adult conversation, figure this all out, and then if you still feel bad and you want to murder him, then okay, go forth, whatever. But like they haven't spoken about it.
0: They should've well they should've should either had a conversation about it or they should have gone the other way and leaned more on Harry's insanity, which they barely touch. That they should have been one or the other, but they don't they kind of teeter the line. So yeah, it was I will not be watching this trilogy of films for a long time. Uh if
3: ever again <laughs> yeah I mean it would take a lot for me to watch these
0: movies maybe one day if we have kids and they're like what was Spider-Man like in your days well children
3: well in my out. day I started watching him with Tom Holland so there we are sorted Tom <laughs> I mean, Holland is, is Bay.
0: I mean god by the time we have kids I mean even if it was like 15 years in the future by the time that there's
3: going to be another 5,000 yeah. spider Man, you're
0: going to get Tom Holland's the next thing that's going to happen is Tom Holland's going to be Spider-Man for a while I, this is my prediction Tom Holland's going to be Spider-Man for probably the next five maybe a push 10 years for the next phase of the MCU I'll tell you what's going to happen he's going to die and Miles Morales is going to come into it mm-hmm. that is 100% going to be the next thing yeah. but yeah that was our thoughts on Spider-Man 3 guys please tell us if you have any other con- thoughts about this because I would be interested to know if people have any defences
3: apologies <laughs> that we've rambled on for over half an hour well you know they're getting their money's worth aren't they <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> awesome. But thanks a lot guys
3: thanks bye
2: Right, so welcome back, guys, and I've got to say, Dave, was there some sort of caricature of me and you? Because Megan, (laughs) if there was ever anybody playing the Chris Phelps role, Megan was outstanding. My spirit animal, Dave, no messing about, (laughs) no punches pulled, outstanding analysis. And, Mike, we're going to have to call you my friend the Dave Horrocks of that (laughs) duo, I'm sorry, but Megan, 10 out of
1: 10, Dave, that was brilliant. It's like football in it when you've got the the Macaulay role. It's like (laughs) someone comes in. So what did you think of it? It's shit. Yeah. That's the Chris Phelps role. (laughs) It's usually it's fucking
2: shit. But she started off with it's shit. And that set me up straight away. (laughs) Exactly. I was like, oh, I'm gonna enjoy this one, Megan. So thank you for that both of you. That was absolutely brilliant. But With ourselves, Dave, we are going to score, as you said, at the top of the show. So, would you like to go first with the scoring, Dave?
1: Yeah, so, I do think this is a hugely lumpy movie. I think there were lots of issues with it. I think Sam Raimi had an idea how he was going to finish off the trilogy, um, but he had kind of producers encouraging him to put in venom venom had recently been created uh by todd mcfarlane we'd had the black suited spider-man around for a little while but actually this idea that it's a symbiote and you know he's not very nice this all came a bit later and so they wanted to get him you know, he used the, the latest hot property and get him into the movie. And, and he obviously plays quite a big role in the movie, but it takes so long to get a script truly polished and tight and, and syncing up well. And I just think it, it created this massively, uh, I, I don't want to use the word lumpy again, but incoherent story. And so, yeah, it it's not really a great one i have to say chris you know the dancing scene is probably one of the things that people call out the most when i went to the cinema to watch this i hated it it was so inconsistent with everything that had come before spider-man 2 remains one of the best superhero movies out there and it's followed up by this where it's like it's almost deadpool levels of silliness so uh, the fact that it, it is wildly inconsistent just jars horribly but in the years that have gone by i've i've learned to kind of embrace that silliness a little bit more it's one of those things that i have on my youtube rotation where i'll maybe just put it on and the fact that he's almost at david brent levels when he's walking down the street he's giving the old double barrel finger shooting to the girls the girls are all looking at him looking at him like who the fuck are you? You know, <laughs> and then he gets his new suit. He's doing a little dance in the hallway again, everyone around. It's, it's not like Saturday night fever because everyone would kind of join in or at the end of dirty dancing where they all join in with the dancing and stuff. He is dancing on his own and everyone around just thinks he's an utter muppet. Um, and this movie also was one of the examples that people used to say when they talk about, you know, having too many characters in a movie and it'll, it'll never work. And so something like The Avengers in 2012 should never have worked if you kind of listen to that feedback. But I think it's just because it's a, a poorly constructed story that really kind of hurts it and... Um, Yeah, Harry's journey as well is a bit odd. You know, again, massively inconsistent. Harry's character is across the whole trilogy. So, but because of those occasional moments throughout the movie, uh, I can't send it to the bottom. I I am going to send it to Hell's Kitchen. I think there's just enough silly moments in there. I have to say, Chris, I thought the black-suited Spider-Man just looked great. Um, And if you if the first kind of 20, 30 minutes of the movie could have continued in that same vein, I think it could have ended up being a great movie. As it was, you know, it is pretty shit. I'm going to have to uh, agree with probably yours and, and Megan's sentiments there. But but yeah, not, not quite as terrible as I'm sure a lot of other people think. Now, what about yourself, Chris?
2: Well, well, honestly, I, I thought I'd watched this recently. and want to remember... Back now, I've watched it just now. I caught the last literally half hour that was on UK Terrestrial TV and watched it. And I was like, yeah, it's not bad, you know, the fight with Venom and that at the end. But then when I've gone through it again, this time from the start, it's fucking terrible. I went to the cinema to watch this myself, Dave, and I don't remember hating it as much, but my God, it is pretty bad now. And you, and I actually think out of everybody in the movie, Tobey Maguire's the biggest problem. He's so good in the first and second one, that that awkward Peter Parker, that, you know, he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders. I know this one's about the symbiote and it's, it's, it's trying to be slightly different, but he's so bipolar and schizophrenic in... Each scene it goes from one thing to another. And I don't I'm not buying, no matter how big your fucking cock is, Dave, that you can pull them women he thinks he can pull when he's doing his John Travolta bit before they're dancing. <laughs> it's fucking nonsense. He's a little fucking guy and he's pulling it off. Like, And he's not wrong with being like vertically challenged or anything like that, you know, but. I've been really digging the heels Real here. Feel Yeah, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really... I realise now as I'm opening my fucking Big God, but what I mean is, and that's not to offend anyone, I just mean that he's acting completely out of character for Peter. I know it's supposed to be about like the whole Venom stuff and that, but... It just doesn't work. And he's dancing. And the fucking... I mean, I, I grew up, Dave. I used, to, I used to wag school to watch "Singing in the Rain, Gene Kelly, right, years ago. I loved a bit of a musical when I was a kid. Mister, I Love Action Movies. Didn't mind a bit of West Side Story, Singing in the Rain. You know, all them sort of movies, Dave. I've watched them many a time. It's just nonsense. It doesn't fit at all. We've just seen The Greatest Showman come out. That's what this was like. I'm like... This is not, and and then like I mean you messaged me about this as well and I'd not picked up on it originally but fucking he's now a level whatever pianist as well from nowhere there's been no subtext <laughs> that Peter Parker can play an instrument but he now is Ray Charles fucking level of a pianist Dave I'm just like bullshit so that I agree
1: and it's no when he gets to suit no he one's just bothered jumps on the piano it's like oi, get off my fucking piano
2: <laughs> exactly and you and me have been to New York a few times. If you were stood on the corner doing that fucking John Travolta gyrating or anything, people would be dropping your dollars thinking you were an act. It's like, it's just stupid. So I do think the action's good. I agree with the Venom suit. I love the, the way he pulls the suit off to try and get it and the whole mm. noise thing, like the ringing of the bells at the end to sort of separate Venom, but obviously Eddie gets involved. That's all fine. The great action is just the stupid parts of the movie do not fit with the rest of it. It's like the are parodying it within itself and they're just putting stupid slapstick stuff in that. It's just nonsense. So I'm the same as you. I'm going to send it to Hell's Kitchen and I'm just gutted really because the first, especially the second one, the second one is, they're both yeah. phenomenal. We've done the the trilogy now in the space of a couple of months. Absolutely outstanding, the first two. But this one, it, Now you're going to laugh at this Dave. because I know you've probably never seen it. But it's almost that smoking the bandit level, uh, smoking the bandit three levels of shit. So, smoking the bandit one is still the best of the lot, smoking the bandit two is great. Good movie, not as good, but there's better. There's some really good set pieces in that. They still, it's a little bit off. But the third one was a straight to TV movie. Burt Reynolds comes in it for a couple of minutes at the end and it's like it's parodying the other two films. And that's mm-hmm. how I felt watching this as a big Smoking the Bandit film. How I've got Burt Reynolds as a reference, I don't know, Dave, but I've pulled <laughs> Smoking the Bandit out of the hat. But it does feel like that. It feels like it's just, it's, it's within that world, but it's just like a joke, like... Even Beverly Hills Cop 1 and 2, two of my favourite films ever. The third one is utter shit at the, theme, uh, the the fairground. It is shit. Eddie Murphy is just terrible in it. But you wouldn't even think it was the same character, the same thing. This, there's, there's such a attempt at light-hearted humour in this compared to the other two movies that it just doesn't sit well with me. So yeah, such a shame. But Mike and Megan, brilliant, Dave. Brilliant.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, Sam Raimi was hoping that there would be a fourth movie to kind of rectify the the, the debacle the state of this movie, I guess, but uh yeah they they just decided to go in a different direction <laughs> so that's why we ended up with the the fairly rapid reboot with andrew garfield but um yeah it's such a shame it's weird isn't it, how so many trilogies just fail to stick the land. In. Oh, Dave, there's only one trilogy
2: we know of that fucking hits it right out of the park, my friend.
1: Are are you talking Captain America or are you talking Back to the Future?
2: Neither of them, Dave. The greatest trilogy.
1: Isn't it it a quadrology, though? No. uh...
2: Yeah, it's it's, it's a quintology, whatever it is. But anyway, for the purpose of this argument, the greatest trilogy movie out of the three—no retreat, no surrender. Three. That's how you make a third movie, Dave. Not this nonsense with fucking Peter Parker dancing.
1: (laughs) Awesome, Chris. Now. How can everyone get in contact with us?
2: Well, they may delete me after I've just referenced Smokey and the Bandit <laughs> and no, no Surrender. Lauren avadon has got another mention on a different podcast. I only need to put it on the reality one, Dave, and we've got a clean sweep. I <laughs> think, I'll have a He's think about that, Dave.
1: At some point. I,
2: I, he probably has, but if you do want to still follow us, guys, I do apologise. At Comics in Motion P on social media. If you want to email us, the Comics in Motion podcast at And please go over to Mike's Patreon. He's patreon.com forward slash the genuine chit chat. Mike is a great guy, and obviously, he's got a great show. As we have a lot of other great people producing shows on our channel, we appreciate everyone. But please, for the sake of Mike, and that he's such a good guy, and him and Megan have some great discussions. So please get over there and support
1: him. It is really, really good, and and even if you subscribe to Mike's main channel, it has lots of different types of people on there, all kind of bands and stuff. And uh, it had the guy from the Church of Satan. So, so he'll, there isn't anything that Mike won't, you know, have someone interested on to chat to them about. So, um, yeah, absolutely awesome stuff. Now, Chris, this is almost a little bit of a prototype for what we've got next week. Now, next week, we've got coming up a, a what we like to call, or what we're going to call, Freaky Friday, you remember that movie, Chris? I do, Dave, yes. Very good. So we are going to swap hosts out. So basically, Tony Farina from the Indie Comics Spotlight. You've got Jack and Rhea from Season's Greetings podcast. And they are going to take over this Friday TV and movie slot. And they are going to review, Chris, the original Buffy the Vampire movie and, uh, yeah, it's one that I don't know how it's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, they'd covered uh, Buffy, you know, going through each season as part of season's greetings. But, um, yeah, really looking forward to seeing how they they kind of go back and analyze that one. Now, Chris, I think we should get into the trailer. I just met this girl named Buffy on Pike.
0: Pike isn't a name, it's a fish.
1: I liked her, even though she seemed kind of flaky. But, as it turns out... You have been chosen, Buffy. To
2: do what?
0: To stop the vampires.
2: Does Elvis talk to
0: you? And things started getting weird around here. Are we having a nightmare? You threw a knife at my head.
1: And you caught it. She was the one person I could really count on kill him a lot. Hi. Hi. What are you doing here? What am I doing here? I'm saving your butt. That is a bad guy. Can we go, please? The Slayer is unmasked. Let's finish it. I think this relationship has potential. Hi. How's it going?
0: You're obviously having a bad
2: hair day. If she can just get rid of those other guys in her life.
0: Ah! Stand Christy Swanson I am so sure Donald Sutherland Ah, ah. Paul Rubens Ah.
1: With Rutger Hauer and Luke Perry Buffy, you're not like
0: other girls
1: Ah,
2: Yes I am
0: Buffy, the vampire slayer
2: You didn't even break a nail
0: Directed by Fran Rubel Kazooie
1: Awesome. Now for this episode, Chris, how are you going to finish us off? Well, Dave,
2: as Peter Parker said to Eddie Brock as he smashed his camera, see you, chump.
1: Go Xavier, go fuck yourself.
3: What in the ass? Tell me something, my
1: friend. Ever dance with
0: the devil in the pale moonlight? What?
1: I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound. Let's not stand on ceremony here, Mr. Wayne. Would you care
0: to step outside?
1: Come to me, son of jor Kneel before Zod. Why so serious? Let's put a
0: smile on that face. I am Arden. I'm Batman. Any hey. good? Yeah. Oh! Hey! hey.